My guest today is artist, filmmaker, and photographer, Judy Lindsay. Here's a picture I took, hardly edited for 500 fucking bucks. You can bet your ass I talked the fuck out of that. <laughs> isn't, that isn't that fucking beautiful, right? And I don't have to go to a store and get exposed to COVID or interact with people, which I don't want to do. And so I can sit from the comfort of my home in my studio, load a photo, go out in nature, be left the fuck alone and sell a photo for 500 bucks. Hello, NFT land. It's me, Second Realm, a.k.a. Eric Paul Rhodes. And this is the Outer Realm podcast, where we talk to artists and professionals in the NFT space. My guest today is artist, photographer, and filmmaker, Judy Lindsay. And we discuss everything from growing up in a creative family to her mental health journey during the pandemic and her experience building the NFT photography community. And just a quick reminder, this podcast is ad-free. And the way that we get support is from listeners like you. So if at any point you find this information useful, please take a screenshot of the episode and text it to one friend who you think would enjoy it. Now, thank you for joining me today and let the show begin. Hello, NFT land. It's me, Second Realm, a.k.a. Eric Paul Rhodes, and I'm here with my guest, Judy Lindsay or Lindsay? Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay. Scottish. And Lindsay. I'm here with my guest, Judy Lindsay, filmmaker, artist, photographer, and I can't wait to get into the discussion here. So we were just sort of chatting a little bit about the NFT space overall. Uh, I typically like to start the conversation with, you know, my guest's youth. Uh, but let's let's where where are you where do you want to start? I'd love to delve into the origin story of the whole photography community. Um, how we all came on board because it's just it was a beautiful moment. And it started about February 13th of this year. I was reached out to by Crawley and he said kind of out of the blue, I had been studying NFTs for a year thanks to the pandemic. But Crawley was like, hey, I'd be interested in minting a photography piece for you. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, I'd been learning from Pranksy and Lubify and Pack, Mirapack. Yeah. They had been kind of mentoring me since last year. They've been very gracious with just the in-depth knowledge. But I kept hearing from people. And then Johnny, Johnny NFT, they were instrumental, the four of them, in kind of my knowledge. But so Crawley reaches out to me and says, hey, do you want me to mint can I mint one of your photographs? And he's in the Enigma Collective, uh, Enigma Bazaar Collective out of Colorado. They have a physical gallery and a virtual gallery. So we'll get to that in a minute. And so I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm all in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I sent a photograph that I took that means a lot to me because it was taken. Obviously, I've been in isolation for 14 months of the Olympics. And I'm all about joy and moments of, you know, expression of the universe will take good care of you. So I gave him my best uh, and favorite picture, the, the layering of the light and pretty much a fully natural photo. He mints it. And I had a friendship with artist Noel and Mew. And they got in a bidding war. <laughs> and they bid that photo up. It was a three-day open auction. And again, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't even know what an open, I didn't know what OpenSea was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of heard through Johnny and Luke and Murapak, you need to just jump in. And so that's why I was like, yeah, I don't know anything of what you're talking about. I don't know what minting means, but let's go. So the bidding war goes down. And meanwhile, thanks to the pandemic or the apocalypse, as I like to call it, I had gotten deep into the photography community. I've been a photographer my whole life. I had my own dark room, color and black and white dark room. And so I first kind of met Daniel Stagner and Moose. They welcomed me with open arms last year. Uh, I've known them for about 14 months now. And so they, I think, were watching my feed and this bidding war. <laughs> and so it literally, I, I give all praise to Crawley and the Enigma Bazaar Collective because it woke up the entire, from Henry Priestess to Joey to Briscoe, uh, Breezy, all of the Space Cowboy, they all just were like, you know, I didn't even realize that they were all kind of watching me and it just woke up a giant. <laughs> and so, and again, I full credit to Crawley for kind of recognizing I'm all about love, positivity. You know, you see me, I just, I don't get involved in disputes. Um, be so called anti me, me. <laughs> right? Be, right. You're, you're the whole rebel. And I'm the one that's like, yeah, I be, that's what I love about you is like, you're my alter ego. But B was like, um, recently said, Judy, you're like the golden retriever of Twitter. Like, I won't get involved in beasts. Yeah. So I think the photography community wakes up and I started then getting involved and invited into all these group chats. And I'd already been in photography group chats. A lot of them, I had to cut a lot of them out because it was just overwhelming. My, I, I couldn't even get DMs from friends. Um, I'm good friends with Justin Graphics, and I was like, I couldn't even see any more of his whips. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of some of these. So I left a bunch of them, but then I got into these NFT chats. So I'm in this NFT chat room with Rico Film, and he and I, four days in, I, w- I wasn't really vibing on. I'm not about money. I'm about create creativity for creative expression and for life purpose. And so this one chat room was kind of getting into this money side. So I'm like chatting with Rico four days into this new community. And I just said, you know, he and I were like, let's start a discord. And he's such a badass. He had that fucker, excuse my language, up and running. <laughs> oh, this is a, a full curse episode. Okay. Cause I love cursing. He yeah. had that fucker up and running in an hour. And we immediately, that's the NFT photo art on Twitter. And we're now 1,200 or 1,300 members strong in six weeks. That's amazing. And so that sort of went viral um, immediately because, again, I think with my intention, it was founded on love and kindness. Be kind or fuck off. And so we have been really swift to, to kind of nip any scammers. We've had several NFT people that were starting those pump and dump schemes. I'm not in, I'm not into that. Cut them loose. So um, we've kept the space, really protected the space. And like I said, it's thriving. And I'm really big on letting everyone know when I do a tweet about it or send out invites that we are about love and kindness. <laughs> where does that, where does this attitude of love and kindness come from is this something you were born with um is this something that you grew to sort of like 
uh, become. Because for me, I'll tell you from my experience, I've I've had bouts of anxiety and depression. I've had to learn to bring yes. this sort yep. of expression into my life. So I'm curious, what's your experience with love? With this, you know, mindset of love and kindness, suicidal depression, being hospitalized, being yeah, I I've uh, yeah, I'm lucky to be here. And so I, thanks to the pandemic, the apocalypse, I don't like to call it the pandemic because I feel like that gives it power. It's a fucking apocalypse. Yeah. I think it taught me because of it. I live with my older, I have four brothers. I live with an older brother who's immune compromised. I couldn't, I couldn't, I basically, if he got COVID because he had a triple bypass recently, I might as well just take, bring a gun home and kill him. So that caused my underlying, which I think I've had my whole life and just didn't know it, anxiety disorder, which I think, I think all depression and suicidal ideation springs from anxiety. I think that's the core issue. And so I think by being learning, I had a couple things that, precluded that. I lost my mother very unexpectedly four years ago. And then last year I had to put down a soulmate horse. Um, She's very young. She was only 13. And this opened this whole portal. There are other dimensions. There's an afterlife. Um, Stuff happened with my mom that gives me chills to this day. Um, You're talking about her and I'm a, I'm a sensitive yeah. Uh, I'm an empath. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, you're talking about her. And before you even said that, I was, yep. I'm getting goosebumps. Uh, yeah. Like, I saw like I would um, when she passed, it was horrific, very unexpected. I thought I had 20 more years with her. Mm-hmm. And so um, I literally shooting stars. I'd see all these uh, semi trucks because she lived in Portland. I had to go back and forth three times a week because I have a radio show in Seattle. And so I back and forth clean, taking care of her affairs. And, um, I'd see all these trucks. She, she was the reason I have, I've had horses my whole life and she's the reason I had my soulmate horse. And so I see all these beautiful, these trucks that I've never seen before 50 to 80 each time going down to Portland. And I, I talk out loud, you know, mom, that's silly. This is getting too many. And then I'd see a black truck, a black horse going down the highway the other way. And I'd just be laughing. So anyway, the final truck I saw, I took a picture of it. I had uh, finished up her affairs. I took a picture of it. It was my exact birth date with a hyphen. It said 4J. And I can share that. I'll share it with you on Twitter uh, or just send you a, a tweet of it or whatever. That shook me to my core of, yeah, I knew we lived in a magical universe. The past decade, I've really seen that. But her sudden death in 2016 woke in me that how magical it is and being learning that I'm an empath. So thanks to the apocalypse, I got the quiet time grieving my soulmate horse who I put down because she had a a genetic illness that she was suffering Mm. and I'm not, I could have kept her alive, but I'm not about that. So I got into kind of crystals and, and seeing um, the realization that the universe is magical and everything's meant to be. And so really Thanks to the anxiety disorder that came out and I'm now medicated because I, I was in school. Yeah. And I, yeah. And so thankfully to being medicated, got immediate relief of my anxiety disorder, but I read like a book a day. I haven't been able to read all year. And so I had to stop schooling 
the last quarter because I can't even read. And so that's okay. Like I said, that that's what got me into NFTs. They they literally before even before NFTs, the photographic community probably saved my life. I had very dark periods. Joey, you know who Joey? Joey is photographer Joey. No. So he's he's a very prominent photographer who talks about his heroin addiction and his mental oh. illness. And so kind of going through his struggles, I kind of call him my favorite son him being so vulnerable because I still haven't been very vulnerable about my struggles yet. I talk privately with Joey and Bella, but, um, Wait, well, my so you're being pretty vulnerable here and I want to appreciate, I uh, just want to acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Right. And that's what, like I said, this is, this is the time to share. Like I, yeah. you know, everything's meant to be. So I, I, I feel like not a debt per se, but I think the photographic community really did save my life. Kind of kept me going. The you know Joey who who would be so vulnerable and then get attacked and then be suicidal because he got bullied, and then I think that solidified my be kind or fuck off. And so I I I have not known about the news. I certainly know Biden's president. I completely stopped news. I had to um, I I've muted majority of the accounts. Anyone that posts news or horrifying things. I can't handle it. And what I've learned through the pandemic is just, yeah, really focusing on the joy. The universe wants us happy. And so then NFTs come along. So back to that, that was just pure, such magic. Like, so then I get invited after my NFT sells for $500. That's a record. Um, Photographers were like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm just Judy Lindsay. Like if it's a picture of the Olympics that made me fucking happy. And I had just sold two weeks before a famous celebrity on, on Twitter and another artist had reached out to me and said, Hey, I want to buy your prints. So I sent, I sold two prints for $30 each. It took an hour of my time. I had to go to the print shop. I had to mail it out the whole time experiencing apocalypse. Cause I don't go to stores. I don't do that shit. So it's really stressed me the fuck out and then oh, come along. And, that's if, a, and, that's and like, if he, yeah. <laughs> right. So 60 bucks for two prints, an hour of my time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And here's a picture I took hardly edited for 500 fucking bucks. You can bet your ass. I talked the fuck out of that. <laughs> isn't, that isn't that fucking beautiful. Right. And I don't have to go to a store and get exposed to COVID. I had been vaccinated by that time or interact with people, which I don't want to do. And so um, I can sit from the comfort of my home in my studio, load a photo, go out in nature, be left the fuck alone and sell a photo for 500 bucks. So it's, it's an entirely new world that nfts have opened up for so many people freedom yeah freedom yeah and you know there's there's a lot of criticism about nfts from various angles and that's not sort of the direction i only say that to say that we as i know that there are a lot of criticisms of nfts yeah but the community that i that i've come into contact with uh, who have themselves have saved me as well i was going through anxiety depression divorce all this you know uh, severe mental breakdowns and it was the nft community that saved me and there's nothing anybody can say to me that will change my mind (laughs) about about how good the space is has been for me right 
Well, I'm hugging you and I appreciate you being vulnerable. I, um, we're in this together and yes. yeah, I will not hear, like I'll listen maybe two seconds of this entire 14 months about NFT criticism. You can go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. Because I know that 2.0 is coming. I know that they're getting it. I know that every one of these miners in the blockchain are, are being efficient and Prove me wrong. Like I was interviewed by a, a, a journalist for The Guardian a, a month ago, and I just said, yeah, I consider myself sort of the Pied Piper of NFTs and look at science and look at the output and energy. Shut the fuck up. You drive a car and I'm not trying to compare like bad and bad. I'm just trying to say good energy is coming and we already see it yeah. out there. So egg, Edo bought several of my pieces. I was honored. The very first day, you know who the egg is, right? Uh, no. Edo? Okay, so he's a big fucking deal. He's done nothing but buy new and upcoming artists from photography to NFTs Amazing. of art. And he... I, um, love, I love that there's so many people in the space. Yeah. Uh, it's such a small space, but... Yeah. We all have like our own communities, right? Sub-communities, communities within communities within communities, like, like how galaxies are. It's like, it's, it's exactly uh, mimics the universe. So egg uh, dropped into our world, I don't know, five weeks ago. I mean, the other thing about crypto time is it's, it's weird. Like yes, one yes. week is a year, easily one week is a year, maybe it's, a decade yes, in the yes. past. So I've been in it since February and I feel like for sure it's a decade. So egg, maybe five weeks ago, I saw, cause I love bidding wars. And I, I saw this and I wish I could remember who the artist was, but he drew my attention to the egg. He was like being silly and he was in a bidding war with the egg. And I didn't know at the time that egg was a whale and egg completely annihilated him. And mm -hmm. thankfully the Twitter got the Twitter artist that I follow um, made it so funny. Like what a, what a cool thing to lo you know, lose this thing. And I was like, who is this guy that spent the whole day buying up NFTs? He had just arrived on the scene. So anyway, he starts following me. I start kind of DMing him. I invited him into our NFT photo community. Lovely soul. I can feel his good energy. He's now doing a clean energy initiative. Um, he's been busy working on that. So he's also got the nice refute threads that's to say, you know. So I've heard from enough of the people that I deeply love about the criticisms so i'm no i'm no longer worried i just move on like i just yeah. don't have time i really realized that this was given to me this is my destiny because so we've talked about the photography side of it but i'm an artist i've been an artist my whole life and i've sold my work to microsoft people you know i was getting to the point of having starting to have gallery showings my older brother is a very famous artist and so I was reaching out, making all these connections, help, you know, understood that whole world thanks to him. And along come the NFTs. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? I can take a raw photo, the best photo of my acrylic on canvas work, and I can give that to the collector. And that's what's happened. <laughs> yeah. Talk to I me mean, a little bit about sort of your artistic upbringing. You know, I want to learn a little bit about who Judy is at like, you know, 12 years old. What are you doing? 
I've always had crayons, drawing. I was constantly, I was also involved in film because my older brother was making movies. We had, you know, it was like, he'd do some class project and they'd be like, well, that's pretty cool. And then I was always watching movies. So creativity, like I was just, my parents, I mean, I have a drawing I did when I was one. So I think having parents that were very much, they were professionals. My dad was a doctor. My mom was a business major. My parents did get divorced, but um, being in a family where my dad and his new wife had, we had like unbelievable art. Ansel Adam photography, the Rothko style level artists on the walls. Um, So I had that upbringing on that side. And then with my mom, just continuing to be creative. Like it was just full throttle. Like this is what it's about. And so I'm very grateful that my parents, even though the pressure was to be a lawyer or a doctor, my other three brothers fulfilled that. And whereas my older brother and myself went the artist route. So yeah, always just creating. Like I've got all my stuff. I wrote a book when I was 11 that I'm probably going to publish about a bunny. I'll probably make it into an NFT. And it's freaking adorable. I love love it already. Right? It's beginning, middle, and end. And my mom, of course, kept it. And so she has all my stuff. And so it's now in my house. But yeah, I'm going to turn it into an NFT. It's it's the perfect story. And then probably animate it. So yeah, all, just always creating. There hasn't really been a moment where... I mean, yes, I was debilitated with depression from probably 13 on, but always... Me too. Um, yeah, I've just... Mm-hmm. Art saves us, right? But I always tend to go towards the light side. I always call depression a black hole. It cost me a lot. certainly cost me relationships. I did not realize what was happening. And again, thanks to the apocalypse, thanks to NFTs, I'm never looking back. Yeah. I got first medicated at 37. So I lived with it for, oof. well, actually, I started realizing that I had depression. I didn't know what it was, but I, I recognized I was different when I was like five years old. Yeah. You know, like all the other kids and were doing things. And I was just like, why can't I be like that? Right. But I lived with it for 30 something years, 37 years. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s that I finally got medicated. So I'm curious, what was your experience uh, with, you know, pre-medication and and then? So I didn't have the proper. So my my dad was a very famous, prominent psychiatrist, Mm. big time. And at 13, he decides you're super depressed instead of saying, hey, you're a 13 year old girl with hormones. Um, leave you alone. So he put had me put on tricyclic antidepressants. My mom was livid because I feel like if you don't have a condition and you get put on a med, like if you don't have ADD and you get given Adderall, it gives you that condition. <laughs> so I think it spun me. And then to always have a father who was so highly regarded, I'd be in and out of hospitals, um, you know, suicidal ideation, trying to take my life probably because I was over-medicated. So it wasn't until I took a clean break. I kind of moved up to Canada and had a car accident that was that tipping point of no more medications. I was taking like 16 meds three times a day, like ridiculous because I was like, I believed in my dad. I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to go to a psychiatrist. I need to. So I got clean because I thought 
something's wrong. Like I'm not in reality, man. I'm on like on Clonopin, I'm on all this stuff. Um, and so that opened up by going off a new life. I just suddenly was myself, I guess. I, and that's where I've been like 10, a decade without medication until the apocalypse. Thank God I'm on a med called um, Alexa. That's mm-hmm. anti-anxiety, antidepressant that many of my friends have found relief with. So I got this psychiatrist end of last year because I was in a full meltdown. And like I said, that's when Joey's posts were like, okay, if, if he hasn't killed himself today, I'm going to stay here. Like sort of, sort of like Joey kind of saving my life. Um, sure. Yeah. I think he knows that through Bella, but I haven't really told him directly, but um. So anyway, being brave, get on this Alexa, and it was immediate relief. I was able, I mean, I still can't read, but I, my anxiety disappeared because I was just, I'm a radio host. And so we we closed the studio down, didn't allow the janitors. No one's allowed in our, our air room because I can't wear a mask when I'm doing my show. Right. But I have one other host that does a show before me. The only two of us were allowed for 14 months in our, our studios. But that visual of me just, you know, I might as well just come home and shoot my brother in the head, I think drove this severe anxiety. Sure. So Selexa brought me relief. And so that's where I'll probably be on it the rest of my life. Cause I just, I look back and I'm like, God, I've always had anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that drives everything. I think if you're not feeling safe, it, it spirals and leads into that depression. And then it just, it's a, just, a, you know, OCD, you can't stop. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. The way I describe it now is because of the meds, anxiety and depression is still there, but yep. the clouds have been lifted. Thank you. Right? Perfect analogy. Yeah. The clouds have been lifted. I could see. I still have emotion sometimes. Wait, right? You're not a zombie. I'm not a zombie. Sometimes <laughs> it gets a little deep, you know, yep. but yep. I'm able to handle it. That's yep. the difference. I'm yep. not having these wild swings of severe anxiety. And then anxiety causes depression because now I spent an entire month being anxious <laughs> and I'm worried about all this shit I didn't do. Right. 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 It's like, you know, this. No, it, oh. It's the worst. And so it's just so comforting to have something that can kind of bring that into um, yes. ability to control it. Yeah. But also I could still have feelings, but I learned, you know, again, I learned, I didn't know I was an empath until last year that I experienced emotions. I can walk into a room and I know what everyone's about. I think that created in me as a child, I'm always going to provide comedic relief. I'm always going to be the one to stop an argument because I'll say something, you know, the family, if we're at the family dinner table and I see something, I'm like, boom. So that created in me this, you know, Judy's funny, Judy's engaging. But like I said, this last past 14 months, I'm so grateful for the apocalypse because it got me to quiet down. I spend time with my horse. I'd done that before. The year before, I was really in quiet moments. And certainly with my horse that I had to put down, I'd be in the mountains all day, 10-hour days, ride, kind of grieving my mom. But I wouldn't have had that horse if my mom hadn't passed because my inheritance got me this horse. And then subsequently I had to put her down. So, but they're together in the astral plane, but I, yeah, I just, the apocalypse just brought all that quiet time, 
I don't, I'm a complete introvert, even though people think I'm an extrovert. I, same, same here. Right. I'm, I'm a I natural, get drained. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a natural introvert. Uh, the, the way that I recharge is I have to step away. So like yeah. we're, we're doing this show. Yeah. I will need an hour to two hours after doing the show to yeah. sort of recharge and get back into it. <laughs> but can you imagine that we didn't know that in the past? And then it's just like, what's going on? And then the next thing you know, you're wanting to either kill yourself or, you know, you're laying on the couch and can't move. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it was debilitating. And then the worst is for me, I don't want to make this episode about me, but having a partner who didn't understand what going through anxiety and depression was yep. and you get responses like well just get it snap out of it and it's like <laughs> the worst the worst yeah you don't no, understand it yeah you know it's it's not about a snap out i mean yeah. i know that's like i wish i felt the way my partner did yeah. uh to live that life but that wasn't the way it was yeah. but let's go back to you so you have this this lifelong journey with anxiety and depression. How did that play in your art? Like, was your art, the, the canvas stuff, did it play any role in it? Like, were you expressing it through that or were you just nope. focusing on something else? All my work is joyful and delight. Wow. I completely, and I think it comes also because I can sort of see auras. Like I can really, I'm a really about energy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Judy, you should channel your dark shit. Fuck that. Like I'm not about giving it power, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have got to focus on light and energy. And really my purpose here on earth is about love and kindness and being a genuine soul it's not giving that energy, which is why I won't give energy to anybody bitching about NFTs. I won't give any anybody energy about anything. Like I said, I just can't do it. I thankfully I got involved um, last year and um, really freaked me the fuck out. I got I was very heavily involved with the BLM movement. I was helping photographers that were rounded up here mm -hmm. in Seattle um, by the police. And I helped get them lawyers and I was very vocal on Twitter about that. And then I got like death threats. Yeah. Um, I'm a public figure. Everyone knows where I am. I have a you know, radio station show. I'm on the side of a bus. I I'm very well known. So I had to take time off. I had to, I had a security detail. I had to um, completely obliterate my Twitter in terms of anything of my face and really protect myself, they were very aggressive, very scary people. And some, you know, I, as a filmmaker, I also do TV and I've worked with some of these police and other, and it was like, wow, I, I don't know if I can trust these people. What, look at what they're doing. So I had to roll that back. That was a very valuable lesson. I'm not meant to be there. I helped the photographers. I certainly connected them with a, lawyer privately, but we were trying to do it online because they were being rounded up. And it was just like the whole BLM movement was just like, wow. I mean, there are some, there's some real hate out there. So um, it really is. Yeah. And that really taught me that I can do something about that, but not in that way. Not, um, in, a, not in a public way that puts you in the line of fire, so to speak. Right. Be safe. And so I can still be active and, and doing things, but I don't have to be, because that's just a super freaker when you've got death, real death threats. Twitter was immediately swiftly covered that 
they took care of that. But yeah. major accounts, um, you know, the, the whole I don't even like to say, you know, whose name. But anyway, a lot of his supporters and um, but I was just trying to help photographers. So I guess that also then led me into the photography community because those photographers that I helped because they had just taken pictures of of kids getting maced in the face and that then kind of dove me in. So it was meant to be, even though it was traumatic and really freaked me the fuck out. My bosses, they took care of everything. And it was really nice to have the security detail because I it was like, it I was. have a bunch of badasses protecting me that, you know, work for the governor that are walking me to my car every night and checking on me. And so, so yeah, that was, um, but that's, so my work back to kind of the abstract art that I do I've always been joyful, even when I was in my depressive state, probably 15, 20 years ago, the art that several Microsoft collectors um, bought was very joyful. And I knew I had a friend that was a, owned a professional frame shop mm. and so framed it in really rare woods. And I encourage all artists to frame your shit because it is life changing. I mean, yes, you can is. have an ordinary little scribble drawing and you frame that fucker nice and mat it. And you got a you got a nice looking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what I've included in my NFTs. It's very important for me for that unlockable content. And if you see, like, Otherworld bought one of my pieces for 0.75, which is about eighteen hundred, two thousand now. And I got that, shipped it to him, and then I've got Cam Allen and Cat Russell, my very devout advocate collectors, who I done a, a collabs with Space Coop that sold out. And then I gave the original art framed and matted to Cam Allen and and he just went off. I don't know if you saw last week, he got it and said, this is what true love feels like. And so I've had Zooms with him. Um, Space Coop and I are planning to do regular meetings with our collectors once a month, you know, like happy hours. That's awesome. To discuss yeah. what we're working on and let them have like a first look chance. But I think for me, that's what NFTs are, is they're both the digital realm and then the physical art that I can send to them framed. You've talked about uh, three mediums so far, your film, photography, your canvas paintings, your abstract paintings. Do you have like traditional education in this or is this sort of like just learn through life experience? Completely self-taught. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my parents, I went to as a child, a Montessori school and I was, mm -hmm. I was a gifted child. I mean, I don't like saying that, but I was. And so at a very young age, I was already kind of in school. Um, yeah. I had a briefcase and I went to a Montessori school here in Redmond. That was the first of its kind. So my brother was in there. As can, a, you, can you describe what a Montessori school is for some people who don't know? Yeah. So Montessori is just all about art. <laughs> Pretty much like I would, you know, walk around with Gartner snakes. I, I watched the boys try and scare people. I'm like, I like those. Gartner snakes. So I'd walk. So it's just very open, um, open classrooms. Like I said, I had a briefcase. I was two years old. I could barely, I mean, anyway. <laughs> so because my mom was at the, worked at the Montessori school and my, my brother was there, I was basically going to school as a two-year-old and I was just a fucking badass. So I constantly, Montessori's are just all really about arts. And everything else is secondary. Science is there, but it's it's the creative outlet. And I think that was where my foundation, now that we're talking about it, really came 
more than anything with before my parents. And then because of the divorce moved around, I was in California when they introduced the first ever open concept schools like Montessori's. And so once again, I'm immersed in it's about art, fuck everything else. And then I got a chance to be in um, sixth grade because I was always kind of advanced in sixth grade. I was chosen. Just a few students were selected. It's called special projects. And that was the biggest honor. It was just a handful of us drawing nudes as a sixth grader, you know, That's so I advanced, guess there's yeah. that training, but I was given that opportunity, thankfully, to several of the states. I've lived in California, Oregon and Washington most of my life. I consider myself a Seattleite. But anyway, each time and then I, we move back to Portland where my mom was raised and Portland rules out the California thing. So I just kept getting this artistic stuff. It's like, fuck algebra, fuck math. Like it was like, do art or die. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Art was an escape for me. So I went to traditional public school and art and actually baseball were, were the two places <laughs> where I could feel like I was myself. Everything else was just, you know, yeah. just trying to survive. Right, my right. My entire life. It's, right, and we're here because of it. And it's, I'm here because of it, yeah. Yeah, it's literally, yeah, I was into soccer, uh, volleyball, and, and arts. And it just, thanks to the teachers, I wanted to be a marine biologist for quite a while, but I, because I love, I love, the water, ocean, but I, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I had that opportunity and that we moved around a lot because each time I get to a new school, I'd be like, they're rolling this bitch out. Like, That's <laughs> awesome. All we have to do is make art all day. So I guess in the sense, yeah, I'm self-taught, but I'm also got involved in these Montessori type schools yeah. all the way from a two-year-old to sixth grade. It was beautiful. Wow. So total immersive life art experience right there. And then my brother, super famous. Uh, he's on the cover of Seattle Times. Pearl Jam came out of his basement. They collected his art. Bill Gates' dad collected his art. So I learned he went to Cornish, got equivalent of like a master's in art, was the first ever student from Cornish College of the Arts. So I was always around that to have an agent at graduation. And so shit just hit the fan. Like he was... And he's still, I mean, he's visually impaired now, so he's just doing drawings, but um, not just doing drawings. He sold the first NFT, by the way, to Papa Bearded two weeks ago. That's cool. Bought a computer with it. Um, so anyway, and Papa Beard is getting the framed penguin, the drawing. But so being around him and in that constant showings, every one of his showings was sold out. Being around him was what launched me into understanding you have your core collectors that are going to be vital in the, for the rest of your life. And that's why the Cam Allens of the world, the Cat Russells of the world, Ado, Egg, um, means so much to me. Papa Bearded, who joined our NFT community and is now a bestie to me, he bought up all this new artwork. His, his acronym in our community, NFT photo art community, is OG Collector. And so he bought a bunch of my pieces. I bought a bunch of his pieces. But yeah, so that seeing what my brother went through, the successes and the also the realization that like, you are the kind of the starving artist, but the auctions, his shit would just be the bomb diggity. And that's where, you know, NFTs are so exciting that he you don't have to starve. Like he constantly had to support himself through 
I mean, sure, his work sold to everybody, but um, that's not really fully paying the bills. You got to pay the agent, like his agency commission, galleries, galleries. And so it'd be like, God, you're barely scraping by, even though you just sold a bunch of pieces, I mean, for 2000 each. What do you walk away with? 15%. Thank you. Now, and so that's where NFTs were. I got him involved. I'm like, fuck the dumb shit. Let's take one of your drawings. We put it up and it sold three minutes later to Papa Bearded. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, you, so NFTs are life changing for me, for my brother. Complete. I've got, oh, my best friend who is a phenomenal artist. We're doing our first ever collab. I've got her involved. She's fully on OpenSea, which I love, by the way. You're like um, a legit Pied Piper. You're like. <laughs> every, so, and I literally, my white male boomer client, and not to knock boomers, but a lot of, I've heard people say like, boomers aren't getting it. Fuck yeah, they are. I walk into my client's house last week. We're all vaccinated, so we're safe. All I had to do is show him my OpenSea and Foundation art collection. And he fucking got it. Yeah, they'll get it. NFTs for life, bitch. He, it wasn't like, oh, I'm really confused. It was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I'm spreading the love. I've got my bosses are fully aware of it. My um, my my biggest boss, our director at the radio station, is like, we're about to lose you, Judy, because I've made six thousand dollars in four and a half weeks. That's in but guess four and where half it weeks. Is? I told him, yeah, I told him, well, you're not going to lose me because guess where all that money is? It's in art that I bought from everybody I love. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. I know. I know. My I, art collection is worth $15,000 right now. That's amazing. It's not about the money, right? Like there's some pieces in there I'm never going to sell. Like uh, Caleb, right now I have a piece. I'm not jokingly, but I put it at 3.3 ETH, a lucky number for me. But I don't want to sell it, right? I, but if somebody wants to come and talk, I, I would be, I would consider it just because I want him to have royalties. Yeah. But what I love about our community is like he gave me a special deal on that piece, and then I've had art transferred for me. Like B gave me a Judy Lepus, one of her bunnies from her Echo Nuclear collection, which was my second ever collab. My first collab was with Samantha, and Samantha and I sold. Uh, five pieces, four to Edo, and one to Papa Bearded in a fiercely contested bidding war. And speaking of bidding wars, I do have a piece in my collection that's the picture of me losing to Edo that says you lost the bid. <laughs> I framed that and not framed it, but I, I sent it to Egg in his collection. I didn't realize I, I thought I had to price it, so I put $3 on it or something. But I transferred that to him because it was an honor to lose to him. By the way, never get in a bidding war with the egg. If the egg's onto something, just step away. Yeah. You know what he did to me? He, so so he, he's bought a lot of my collabs with Samantha, with B. Like, he's just the greatest soul ever. And um, Papa Bearded had a piece that I'm like, I have to have this. And literally, I know you can kind of look at the wallets of people, like kind of see what their money is through the theory. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So what Papa Bearded said is he sniped you hard. He knew I hadn't taken my wrapped Ethereum. And so he waited three minutes before the auction ended. And I didn't have the time. He's a brilliant strategist. I love chess. I've played chess all my life. And I just was like, so I took the commemorative piece that said you've been outbid. And I turned it into an NFT and sent it to him. A beautiful thing. 
And it's called the agony of defeat to our beloved egg. <laughs> so you talked about the, your radio show a little bit. What is the radio show about? Is it music based? I do. I play uh, the best of roots, rock and soul. I'm at a community radio station here in K uh, in the Seattle called KBCS. And we have major Twitter listening parties, Bella, Joey. I mean, Joey's got 70,000 followers. So it becomes an experience because they're doing requests, they're retweeting it. And then I've met several artists like Blue Hour and Shiloh, who I play on my show every day. And now I'm going to have them when the apocalypse ends, you know, I'll interview them. I, I do a lot of interviews almost weekly. Artists that come through town have met, you name it, I've met them. Eric Bibb, Clinton Fearon. I mean, so that was that my show then becomes a part of Twitter yeah. because Joey will be working on his photo book and listening or Bella. And so I've got this beautiful community and, you know, just people just reach out to me like Briscoe. I mean, Briscoe's 180,000 followers. Not that that matters, but he's just a kind soul. He'll just reach out to me and say, thanks for all you're doing. Because I do the NFT record breaking report every Friday celebrating our community. On the show? No, on, sorry. On, on my Twitter thing. Oh, got it. Yes. Yeah. But like I said, these it's just these are delightful people humans yes and i think a lot of people think oh they reach a certain amount of followers and then they become celebrities no they're just great people yeah i mean your followers aren't who you are right right that's what and so that's what's so important is like yeah don't get weird i mean i had thousand followers back in the day a year ago and now i'm eight thousand but i don't you know you may notice i never celebrate that like i'm not about that any of that like it's just i appreciate it thank you i'm just yeah. let's talk about love but yeah so my shows kind of become this you know twice a month or whatever we'll have like a big listening party that's really cool yeah just a beautiful like do i said have, full, full experience do you have a favorite oh you talked about pearl jam before did you grow up sort of listening to uh rock and grunge and no kind of i'm no parliament I'm Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm the soul. So my brother sent me an album back in the day, a Parliament album, uh -huh. and I was hooked. So my show is heavily soul-based, Roots, Rock, and Soul. Um, we're about to roll out a massive, all the buses will have us on them, um, big, big camp marketing campaign. So, um, yeah, so I'm, like I said, I just completely soul-based. You, you know, anything with soul or anything with rhythm, I'm there and music has been a big part of when I'm creating or painting. I'm always listening to like a Spotify, somebody recommended, you know, somebody's Spotify list and just let the magic happen. I love, I love listening to other people's curated lists, not, not the ones Same. Spotify makes, yeah. but sort of like, no, but what, whatever the ones that my friends on Twitter send me, I don't know what they're called, but they're, they're Spotify. Like, there's one list I follow is like um, music to not kill your husband to, or like they yeah, have yeah. the funniest fucking names. They remind yes. me of mixtapes back in the day where we'd name it, you know, Starburst Joy or just bullshit names, but yeah. they had meaning like, you know, deep funk, um, you know, classic tracks to, you know, lose your mind to or whatever. But yeah, so I'm very much soul based, but I love all music. I've had my moments of being into deep, you know, just super hardcore anything i just love it 
uh, do you have any plans to bring music into your NFT experience? They already are. Yeah, I'm about to drop with Otter, Meg, and DJ Burn One. I've had a lot of collabs with them, him late sound design. So we're dropping this week a record-breaking um, an animation, DJ Burn One, original track, and then it'll come with my original framed artwork. We're dropping that on Foundation. We'll start the price at one Ethereum. That's cool. So your original framed artwork is a physical piece. Yep. So she took my, so when I, I do a lot of my collabs. So to recap the $60,000 I made, 90% of it was my collabs. Mm-hmm. I've only, I'm, I'm, I'm really about scarcity. Like I've only had, I have two photo NFTs sold, one to Caleb, one to the Enigma Collective and Noel. And then I got, um, I've got a piece that, um, the one art piece that went to other worlds. And I have a piece available right now. So I keep maybe six pieces of art a year, six photos a year, and then the rest are my collabs. But definitely music is in a lot of my collabs. So this one will be very unique because it'll have the original track, which is Happy. The very first animation ever from Otter, which is so fucking cute. It'll melt your soul in your eyes. And then they'll get my framed artwork. So she took my raw, my NFT photo my of my art abstract art and then put the animation on top of that and then we got the music with it so they'll get three things in this eat this um beautiful piece we're dropping that's a uh quite a packed piece that's a beautiful it is. and so like i'm freaking out because i think you know foundation doesn't allow unlockable content but we're going to put it in the description yeah the the beauty that they're getting did you choose foundation for a specific reason yeah she just had a a, a cell there i choose very rarely to use foundation. I sold my one piece there. Mm-hmm. I've got another piece up that I'm probably going to burn just because it's so expensive. Like you got a mint and list and even to burn. I mean, right now I can't burn the piece. Cause I just, I really want to keep things scarce. And so I put a piece up last week that I just cost me about 80 bucks, 40 and 40 mint and list when gas was low. But, um, I rarely use foundation, but we decided to use that because I like their style that you can see open auctions all on the same page. OpenSea can be a little clunky, but OpenSea has my heart. Yeah, I'm a big fan of OpenSea. I actually uh, also a big fan of uh, blockchain art exchange and Sasha Bailey. Yeah. Um, He's about to roll out a redesign, but when it comes to people in the space, I am more supportive of, of him as the CEO yeah. than the product right now. It's sort of like... Right. Well, that's what happened. So Space yeah. Coop is about to do a, a historic drop with uh, T.O., Terrell Owens, NFL trading cards. Yeah. So he's yeah. dropping that on the 25th, and I adore him. And the first ever, I got to meet Alex. Alex, the founder, was on IG Live. First ever... Um, Alex, the founder of OpenSea, interviewed T.O. Um, last week and has my heart. Like OpenSea, how cool, the lazy minting, like I can burn stuff, I can put stuff up. If it doesn't sell after a certain time, I'll take it down for free. Whereas Foundation, like I just got bit in the ass. I didn't realize it's just so expensive. So we, because there's three of us, we decided on this collab to do Foundation because we're three of us will be splitting the mint in the list. Nice. That's a good way to do it. And you said ID Live. That was the podcast. ID or, Live. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know that I've heard. I've heard that. 
I, oh, in, oh, IG, sorry, Instagram. Oh, Alex, okay. Alex, the founder of OpenSea has never, ever, like he didn't even know how to use Instagram. It was adorable. IG live. Got it. But he's a badass. Like he yeah, did. A Alex, great, yeah. yeah, he did a great interview. So I'm all about, I tell people that ask me help. Um, I know it has to be dangerous, but I always encourage people to do OpenSea. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not about gatekeepers. Like if you're going to gatekeep, if you're going to do invite only, go fuck yourself. Like I'm about the working man and woman that we can all be open door, get on something and ease of use and functionalities of people complaining about the UI, the interface. My first mint on foundation, 180 bucks about killed me because I'm impatient. I'm not going to watch the gas tracker. Yeah, me too. I just, yeah. I needed to get that fucker up. Yeah. And again, it took 30 days to sell. No big deal. But like, that's painful, right? I bought, I bought a piece yesterday and it, it, the gas fee cost me 160 bucks. And, and for me to even burn this piece that I, I don't want up anymore because I want to put it over on OpenSea, it cost my soul. Like it said $100 to um, unlist it and then it'll be like 120 to burn it. I have to leave it sitting there. Like it's just painful. Yeah. Yeah, I miss the days when it was uh, sometimes zero dollars to to burn emit. Right, and that's why I love OpenSea. So OpenSea always. Oh, by the way, so I am creating a platform with DJ Burn One and a top secret developer. Um, we're well on our way. It's going to be eco friendly, and that is Boulevard Street B L V D S T on Twitter. And so we are building this because of our NFT photo art discord community. Is it going to be a photo photography centric platform? No, it'll be all. So art film. So as a filmmaker, I, I thought I would originally was going to be the first to mint a film, but when I got interviewed by Pamela Hutchinson, Mm -hmm. um, I learned that others have already minted films. So I'm like, see, I knew it would happen. And so I got my friend Marty Lane. He just minted two short films on OpenSea. But I, um, yeah, I, it'll be everything. We're, we're going to allow for, you know, all things and even physical art and prints, I think. But we're really listening to the community. And um, we're going to drop that soon and then use it kind of as the beta and see how that's received. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, so follow BLVD Boulevard Street because that's what we're calling it. Boulevard what, Street. What's your What's your Twitter handle? Mine J L I N D S A Y Film because I'm a filmmaker. A lot of people think I mean I, mean, I also shoot film, so the irony is I got a lot of film photographers that I think thought that my name is that, but we most of us as filmmakers we put film after us because we're filmmakers. Yeah. And so that was funny is like, well, actually I, I do shoot film, but um, I really have Jay Lindsay film because I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you enough. <laughs>